Hey everybody, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover and I'm fiercely passionate about having the opportunity to help shorten the learning curve for the people I'm blessed to have come into my life. The title of today's podcast is a bit assertive. It's a bit in your face and that's by design. You see, all of us at one point or another in life try to be all things to all people. We know this isn't possible and yet we try to achieve it. We like to believe that we can claim the moral high ground in all situations and that leads us to being hypocritical. Hypocrisy is the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. So let me unpack that a little bit. It's the practice, hypocrisy, is the practice of engaging in the same behavior for which the same person criticizes. And this may call to mind the idea of a double standard, and they're not quite the same thing. Social science writer and researcher Dr. Jeremy Sherman states that hypocrisy doesn't result from having double standards, but rather pretending you have one standard when no one has just one standard. In effect, it's the attempt to have a one-size-fits-all set of moral standards that are easy to remember, fun to talk about, and useful in arguments. But fundamentally, these are all impossible to follow, this particular standard or standards. The challenge with trying to live by absolute moral principles is that being this or never being that leaves no room for anything to the contrary. For example, if you judge judgment to be a bad thing, you're judging. Or when we tell someone, don't be dishonest, and then when we get caught in being dishonest, we might say something like, I wasn't being dishonest, just tactful. Or we might even extend this You know, if we believe honesty to be a virtue and when we engage in dishonesty, we might say something like, well, when I'm being dishonest, I'm being honestly tactful. The funny funny thing is we rarely, if ever, stop to ponder our own defense of our own moral standards that we don't abide by, except, of course, when they help us. We simply slide in and out of this dichotomy in the attempt to ultimately feel better about ourselves. So now that we have that out of the way, let me explain the principal roots of hypocrisy, fear and low self-esteem. We become hypocrites to avoid looking at our shortcomings. It's terrifying for most people to acknowledge their shortcomings and to figure out how and where their shortcomings come from. And while there is no singular reason for this, it typically stems from a belief that we should not be held to the same standards as we hold other people to because we believe we have better intentions. And I mean, that ultimately drives this. This is what serves to motivate us. And our motivations as compared to others are simply more sincere, more noble, and more just. Another way of saying that is we artificially inflate ourselves and uh, simultaneously support other people because it feels good to be morally superior to others, even if that moral superiority is just an illusion. Doing so allows us to avoid the pain of examining our shortcomings. It also allows us to avoid humility. And this, this is an interesting point because many people view humility as a virtue. And if that's true, why do people actively avoid it? In, in short, people internalize humility as being wrong, which begs another question. Why do we feel compelled to be right? 
Maybe perhaps a better question is, why do we feel compelled to not be wrong? I mean, so many people, whenever they're in situations, just can't fathom the idea that they might not have it all figured out. And the, this idea of being wrong just doesn't fit within their psychology. And of course, the answer rests in the desire to be loved and accepted. And for whatever reason, we feel that we'll be loved more, we'll, we feel like we'll be accepted more by being right versus being wrong, even in light of our hypocrisy. And there's irony to this because most people most people feel put off you'll buy other people's per hypocrisy versus let me rephrase that most people feel put off more by other people's hypocrisy versus that other person simply being wrong and yet it seems we have this compulsion towards achieving a high degree of moral superiority it's really really interesting if you take a step back and give it some critical thought now let's talk about some everyday examples of hypocrisy in action. The first one, the first one is definitely real in uh, contemporary America. Parents who notoriously text while driving and yet yell at their kids for doing it is a clear example of hypocrisy. I mean, these these folks may even yell at other people, other drivers on the road that are doing the exact same thing they are. Another one is claiming that gossiping about others is bad and then participating in the gossip or repeating it at a later time. You see this all the time in high school, in college, in the workplace. Another one is agreeing with the idea and practice that child labor is wrong while simultaneously doing that, standing in line at an outlet store of a major brand that happens to sell pretty cool shoes. Another one is asserting that cheating on your spouse is wrong or cheating on your significant other is wrong while engaging in cheating behavior, only, of course, to be sorry when you get caught. And then another one here is seeing a sign uh, at a movie or a concert, some type of event that says no outside food or drink and then bringing in outside food or drink. I know I'm absolutely guilty as charged. On that one, I mean, as far as movies go, who wants to spend $8 on popcorn? And so I end up sneaking in my, my snacks. So clearly an example of hypocrisy. Having spent 16 years in the commercial health and fitness industry, I would witness hypocrisy all the time. And not only witness it, if, I, if I'm being honest with myself, but you know, participating in it as well. So for example, personal trainers, and their food recommendations. Personal trainers in the health and fitness industry are some of the biggest hypocrites you would ever encounter. It, they live in a world of do as I say, not as I do, but they're, they're fit and active, which allows them nutritionally to get away with things that someone who's not fit and active can't. So for example, you have a personal trainer that recommends to a client boneless, skinless, tasteless chicken breast, brown rice, and uh, plain broccoli, while simultaneously going out after work and just scarfing uh, wings and potato skins, loaded potato skins, and, and beer. Uh, another example is um, stating that health and fitness isn't about size and then criticizing heavier people. 
You might even um, experience this, and this is this one isn't unique to the health and fitness industry, although I observed it, where managers accusing employees of either being lazy or taking liberties by coming in late or taking extended lunch breaks or even leaving early, and then the manager is engaging in that exact same behavior, coming in late, taking liberties with lunch where the lunch hour is merely a suggestion. Another one is people saying that they're committed to losing weight. So this isn't about the trainer at this point, this is more about the client at this point. People claiming that they, they have a weight loss goal, they wanna lose weight, but they never exercise and they eat fast food regularly. And then finally on this one, people complaining about the cost of a gym membership. And yet these are the same people that are willing to drop, drop $5 on this fancy coffee drink that could really quite frankly be called a milkshake. Right, so hypocrisy is everywhere. I'm not at all suggesting it's inherently negative. I'm just calling out the fact that it's everywhere. And at this point, you might be thinking, all right, all right, Ed, I get it. I get it. I'm a hypocrite. And it doesn't feel good for you to point that out, but I get it. So there's a follow-up question then to ask, which is, how can we stop being hypocrites? And from my research in preparing for this podcast, and doing some self-reflection, my answer really is this. I don't think we can. I mean, how can we stop being hypocrites? I'm not sure we can. I do, however, think we can become less hypocritical. I mean, objective morality could be a starting point. And we know objective reality is the belief that meaning is not open to interpretation and that it's true regardless of the situation or who's involved in that situation. For example, stealing is wrong in and of itself. And when I pose this to my students in the context of office supplies, they get a little kind of squirrely uh, pointing to a behavior where an employee grabs a notepad out of the supply closet, clearly uses it for work, but that notebook eventually ends up in the employee's backpack. They take it home. They're doing work at home, and so you know, no harm, no foul at this point. And yet eventually, that notepad never makes it back to the office. That notepad becomes, um, becomes part of the family and what they use maybe to make a grocery list or a different to-do list or whatever. Technically speaking, that's stealing. Another example I pose to my students is think about a time where you had a part-time job and you had coworkers that you know not only were coworkers but were friends outside of work. And on one particular day, that coworker was running late, and they texted the the clock-in code to their friend and had them clock them in. And we are able to rationalize this away because we say, well, I was only three minutes late. What's the big deal? The reality is that's stealing. It's stealing time and money from the employer. So viewing stealing as wrong in and of itself is one way to be able to become less hypocritical. Another one is abuse is wrong in and of itself. Now this one gets really interesting when you consider cultural differences. Here in the United States, we absolutely believe that physical, emotional, or psychological abuse is wrong in and of itself. Uh, and yet, when we look at different cultures throughout the world, that doesn't necessarily hold. Another one is hurting someone's feelings deliberately is wrong. 
that might be someone that is engaging in gaslighting behavior. But then what do we do with the unintentionality of hurting someone's feelings? Well, if we're looking at it through an objective, objectively moral lens, hurting someone's feelings deliberately then becomes wrong, but unintentionally, you know, there's a little bit more wiggle room there. So in addition to objective morality, we can all do a better job empathizing with others while not taking ourselves so seriously. And doing both allows for deflating our own ego and self-righteous tendencies. We may also consider ignoring what other people are doing and focusing more on ourselves. We might consider not condemning others so quickly. I mean, we're really, really quick to judge. And going back to the example I gave earlier, we say that we don't agree with judging or that judging uh, is bad. And then yet we condemn others really, really quickly. Uh, so reserving judgment might be, you know, an, another way to be able to help reconcile this. You know, and starting to pay attention to our own cognitive dissonance. And uh, let me explain this one just a little bit. Cognitive dissonance is this weird psychological term that describes how we feel when our beliefs are inconsistent with our our actions or our behavior. So our beliefs and attitudes are inconsistent with our attitudes and behavior. And you see this a lot with with um, customers that end up purchasing something that they might not be able to afford. This is known as buyer's remorse. And then they, they are in this uncomfortable space. I've mentioned this idea of psychological disequilibrium before, and we don't tend to tolerate that very well. And so what we wanna do is find that state of equilibrium again. And we then engage in rationalizing behavior saying, you know what, no, no, I worked really hard for this. I deserve this. Uh, another really good example of cognitive dissonance is midlife crisis, where all of a sudden you have an individual that's smack in the middle of the arc of their life and they look back on those things materially that they acquired over the years and they just like, gosh, this just really isn't fulfilling. And in extreme cases, what they do is they blow up their 20-year marriage and they hook up with a, a, a younger model. Then they go buy a Bugatti. I mean, this is, this is cognitive dissonance in an extreme case, but absolutely illustrates, uh, illustrates the point. So if we start paying attention to our own cognitive dissonance, we are a better able to lessen any apparent hypocrisy or and we might even we might even become more spiritual in the process it has to be acknowledged that doing any or all of these things requires effort i mean let's face it, it it's work trying to maintain a high moral standard and consistently living by that standard and practicing what we preach is ultimately fatiguing. It's ultimately exhausting. Quite frankly, hypocrisy is easier. It's just easier to do. And knowing that we humans are prone to adhering to what's called the principle of least effort, this is also known as the path of least resistance, hypocrisy allows us to appear principled without having to be principled. And what's interesting 
is that when if we surround ourselves with people we trust to give it to us give it to us straight to point out that we're being hypocritical research shows that people become more dedicated to the beliefs and practices they only claimed to adhere to previously let me repeat that one more time we have this tendency to adhere to the principle of least effort path of least resistance and hypocrisy allows us to appear principled without having to be principled if we surround ourselves with people we trust to give it to us straight those folks that will point out when we're being hypocritical research shows that people become more dedicated to the beliefs and practices they claimed to adhere to all the while and in these moments these people are taking the path of more resistance and when people take the path of more resistance that's always interesting it's rarely ever interesting to see someone or even for ourselves to do something that every everyone else can do and when we take the path of least resistance that's ultimately what we're doing but why not go the other way it's a harder path there's no doubt the journey is way more difficult but minimally it's more interesting so as we prepare to put a bow on another episode of the quest for life podcast i encourage you to be on the lookout for the following types of hypocrisy both in yourself and others and i will commit to you that i'm going to be on the lookout for these in my life the first one is inconsistency this occurs when we recognize in other when we require excuse me when we require other people to do things we wouldn't otherwise do ourselves for example telling others in your neighborhood to pick up after their dog while we stroll by after our dog goes to the goes to the bathroom and not picking up after our dog I mean, this is the manager at work that will require their employees to go clean the restroom, say in a fast food restaurant, and yet not be willing to clean the restroom uh, themselves. So inconsistency is the first one. Number two is blame. So this is criticizing other people for something we do ourselves. For example, being grossed out or getting mad at someone for chewing with their mouth open while chewing and chomping like a wood chipper in our with our own mouth open you know, for all the world to see so we're really good at externalizing things while not turning the mirror around and you know taking a look at our own behavior so we have in- inconsistency and blame as the first two number three is pretense so this is claiming to believe in something we actually don't agree with for example you may disagree that climate change is a thing and I mean however nebulous this idea of quote climate change is you might disagree with the whole the whole idea but in in conversation you might discuss how you're contributing personally to reducing carbon footprint so we have inconsistency blame and pretense as the first three the fourth and final is complacency this is claiming to have a set of beliefs such as living by the Christian worldview but only doing the bare minimum to keep up with or living out those stated beliefs within the context of Christian worldview this is the Christian that only goes to church on Christmas or Easter and ironically we really don't like or tolerate when other people are being hypocritical and so examining each of these four areas 
allows us to start to reconcile our intolerance to it. So inconsistency, blame, pretense, and complacency. We don't really like when other people are being hypocritical because people, when people tell us things, we tend to believe them. And when they engage in what's known as false signaling, when they're being hypocritical, we get frustrated. We, and knowing that's the case, and, and the question then becomes, why do we tolerate it in ourselves? If we don't tolerate it well in other people, why do we tolerate it in ourselves? Why are we willing to do that? Uh, perhaps it's because we commit what's known as fundamental attribution error, which is overinflating how good we are while simultaneously subordinating others. I mentioned that earlier. I mean, ultimately, who knows? As with most everything, the answers to these types of situations and questions never boil down to a singular thing. All I know is that I'm a hypocrite and you're a hypocrite. The only question to answer really is what are we hypocritical about? As always, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Feel free to contact the show at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number four life.com. After you do, consider leaving a five star rating, maybe even writing a review. Thank you for joining the conversation.